Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr., and I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I wanted to start today's podcast by... I just want to give you some scenarios and, and in giving you these scenarios, I, I want you to think about what your response to be or what will your response be to them. Just think about your mindset. Think about your faith. Think about your trust in God and where it would be. Think about your identity and how it might be affected. But just think about these as I, as I give you these scenarios. You walk into your boss's office and your boss sits you down and your boss says, unfortunately, our company is going to have to downsize and your position is one of the ones that we will have to eliminate. Maybe you're sitting in front of your doctor and your doctor has called you and said, you know, I've noticed something weird on your exams. So come on in and you go back in and you get your exams checked out. And now your doctor says to you, unfortunately, I have to tell you that you have stage four cancer. Maybe you get into the car and you're starting to drive along and your car begins to make a weird noise. Now, I don't know if that sounds like any car that I've ever been in, but, but, but there's a possibility that maybe it sounds like your car. But at the end of it, you take your car into the mechanic and your mechanic tells you something massive is wrong with your car. And the cost to fix whatever it is that is wrong is actually more than what the car is worth. Maybe your spouse sits you down And your spouse says to you, honey, I think it's time for us to dissolve our marriage. Or maybe you get a phone call late at night. And we know that no good phone call ever happens during the wee hours of the morning. And there's someone letting you know that your favorite relative has passed away. Now, what do all of these scenarios have in common? It's suffering. It's difficulty. It's, it's hardship. It's, it's stepping into the impossible. So again, think about yourself and, and, and how would you respond to them? Maybe you find yourself in the middle of something like this right now. And, and, and you're saying, Ken, do you have a camera in my house? How did you know? that this is exactly what it is that I got a notification about. But how would you respond? What would your heart be? What would your, what would your mindset be? What would your insight teach you? What would you, what would you gain? What would you, what would you lose from them? What, what would your response be? You know, we're, we're in the middle of a series called Ever Wonder Why? 
And again, what we're doing for this series is, is we're tackling some of the questions that may cause people to, to fall away from their faith, to just, to just give up on the whole thing. So, so we're tackling some of those tough questions that exist in Christianity that really do need to be discussed. Questions like, why did God let it happen? As we look at suffering and evil and, and some of the things that have happened in our lives. Why hell? Why would a loving God create hell? And more importantly, why would he send people there? Or how about this one? Why didn't God answer my prayer? There was something that you prayed for that, that you just thought, like, God cares for me, so God's going to answer this prayer, and then he doesn't. So now you're forced to deal with this wrestle. Like, if God is such a loving God, if he's such a caring God, if he, if he really does care about me, then why didn't he answer my prayer? So that's something that we dug into last Sunday. So I do want to encourage you that if you have missed any of our weekend services, please go back and watch the live streams. So that you can have an opportunity just to be able to maybe work through some of these questions yourself with some of the ideas that I've presented as we wrestle through these. And, and so what I wanted to do for this series, because I, I do think that one of the reasons that challenges us or causes us to ask the question why is when we go through difficulty, is when we go through hardship, when we go through setbacks, when we go through the impossible it does. It makes us wonder why. And, and maybe your question leads to this point. Why should I believe? Why should I trust in this God? Especially based on what, some of the things that you've been through in your lifetime. And, and the truth is, here's, here's where we are. Either you uh, have just come out of suffering or you are suffering or you're about to suffer. Now, you may have tuned into this podcast and you're thinking, boy, this sounds really positive. I am so glad to hear this, Ken. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I tuned in. But, but here's what I wanted to do is, is I wanted us to take a different look at suffering and what suffering is, what, it, what it's all about. Because maybe, just maybe, if we could change the way that we look at suffering, we can begin to get the most out of the challenging and trying moments of life. Because we do go through them. We do face them. And I, I just wanted to challenge us. And when I say us, I'm talking about us as pastors. Because I think sometimes what we do is we look at Jesus and we present Jesus as he is the solution to all your ills. He is the solution to all your problems. He is the solution to all of your setbacks. And, and there is some truth to that. Please don't get me wrong. But, but I, I think that what happens is the way that he's presented as the solution it's presented as if you believe in Jesus or if you commit to Jesus, then those solutions will eradicate 
the suffering, the ills, and the challenges of life. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's just not true. It is just not true that believing in Jesus will eliminate suffering in your life. But here's one of the questions that, that I've wanted to ask is, what if beauty is on the other side of suffering? What if life is on the other side of suffering? So I'm hoping that maybe through this podcast, it will cause us to begin to, to just examine how we process suffering, how we look at suffering. And maybe what it will also do is cause us to maybe allow ourselves to begin to think about suffering differently. And I'm hoping that maybe what we'll be able to do is just to recapture some of the biblical perspective when it came to suffering. Because I can tell you now, if modern day Christianity have presented to Christians about Christ and who he is, the way that it does now, modern day Christianity would not be here. It wouldn't. Jesus Christ was never presented as the alternative to suffering. Never. Now, he was presented as an alternative to belief systems. He was presented as an alternative to judgment. He was presented as our Lord and Savior, the one who goes to the cross and forgives our sin, and it's our sin that's different. But back then, here's the thing, is, is sometimes believing in Jesus didn't eliminate your suffering. It actually caused your suffering. It actually caused your suffering. And back then, th there's a guy named Ignatius, who's one of the early church fathers. And I remember reading something from him, and basically what he said is this. He said, if I have lived a life that Jesus, that people saw Jesus in me, so much so that I was persecuted and that I am killed because of my faith, then praise Jesus. So they, all, they actually saw suffering as a revelation that people see Jesus in me. <laughs> we look at suffering and we think, if I go through this and God does not take away my suffering, then God's not a part of me. And they saw it as, if I go through my suffering, it proves that Jesus is in me, that he is a part of me. So I really do hope that we will begin to look at suffering differently. So, so how should we approach suffering? Because I also don't want this to sound like we should go, woohoo, yeah, I'm suffering, I'm suffering, yeah, yeah, I'm suffering, woohoo, yeah, bring it on, baby, bring it on, bring on the suffering. Because that's not what I'm saying either, because that's a little bit Looney Tunes. <laughs> and I'm not encouraging you to be Looney Tunes, but that's all, folks. And I know that was a terrible Porky Pig. You might be thinking, Porky Pig, that's what you're doing? <laughs> Some of you are listening going, who's Porky Pig? 
So look it up on YouTube and you can watch old videos of cartoons that I used to watch when I was a kid. But how should we approach our suffering? There's this one point where Jesus is about to be arrested. And just before this, he's with the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I wanted to revisit this passage again because I think it really does give us great insight on how to approach suffering. So it says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, it says, he went on a little further and bowed his head, bowed with his head to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want to do your will. I'm sorry, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So let's take a step back. If it is my father, if it is possible, if it is possible. Now, here's what Jesus isn't saying. He's not saying, Father, if it's possible for you, is it impossible for you? Is it too difficult for you? Is it too hard for you? That's not what he's saying, because according to Jesus, you know, well, anything is possible by his Father. And we know with Jesus, anything is possible. So if it's possible, you know what Jesus was saying? Dad, if there's another alternative, if there's a way that you can look over the horizon and look at the direction of mankind and his sin, Father, if, if there's another option, please bring it. Please bring it. So this passage just shows us how Jesus looked at his own suffering that was coming. And, and I do want to make it really clear that God wants us to bring our suffering to him and he wants us to be real about it. He doesn't want us to put our heads in the sand to pretend the suffering is not happening. I think that there's something that we missed. There, there is a segment of, of Christianity called the Word Faith Movement. And there is some truth to the fact that words do have power. And there is some truth, and it seems like words can speak things into existence. There is some truth to that. But I, I think in the name of trying to speak into that truth, there is also this denial of reality. The reality is, if you have sniffles, if you're sneezing and you're coughing, the reality is you have a cold. <laughs> now what the word of faith movement would say is, is don't name that cold. Don't say that you have a cold in the name of Jesus. You rebuke that cold in the name of Jesus and you tell that cold to repent and God. <laughs> That's what the word of faith movement would be. Or how about this? Jesus, I'm sick right now. I have a cold and I need your strength to carry me through it. Do you see the difference there? So, so it's important. I'm not saying when it comes to suffering that you deny the reality of your suffering. I'm not saying that when it comes to suffering, you pretend 
that what you're going through does not exist. Matter of fact, that's the worst thing that you can do. And you know what God wants us to do is he wants us to bring our suffering to him. So if it's possible, I'm not looking forward to suffering. I'm not. So if it's possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. So there's nothing wrong with saying, God, end my suffering, end this difficulty, end this hardship, end this impossibility. God, I'm, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. God, I'm t- aren't you glad that you don't have to wear a mask anymore? Some of you go, going, okay, no, 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 no. I'm still wearing my mask. I don't care what the government says. I'm still wearing my mask. And I, I get that. But in some ways, it just seems great that COVID is hopefully coming out on the other side of this challenge. And it's nice. It's nice to walk in stores now. And I'll tell you, it's nice to walk in a store and not go, oh, man, and then have to run back to my car and grab my mask to put it back on as I walk in the store. It's nice not to have to worry about that at this point. It's nice to hang out in Starbucks or Coffee Bean and not feel awkward about drinking my coffee while I have my mask off. That's nice. So, so there's nothing wrong with wanting our suffering to come to an end. And there's nothing wrong with praying for that. But be careful that you become so focused on your suffering come to an end that you miss the possibility of what suffering can do or suffering can be. And then Jesus Christ ends his prayer by saying this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You know what that is? That's a statement of surrender. Father, I yield to your terms. Father, I I yield to the direction that you desire for this to go in. And that if I'm meant to suffer, so be it. Now, why could Jesus do that? Why could Jesus do that? See, I I think sometimes what we have a tendency to do is we allow our suffering to unlock worst case scenario thinking. Worst case scenario thinking. So, So rather than looking at the possibilities of what could be, for example, I've seen people get the pink slip and it opens the door for them to have a new career. Now, in the possibility of getting to that new career, is it difficult? Yes. Are there financial consequences? Yes. Do they have to tighten the belt of their budget? Yes. Or maybe on the other side of stage four cancer. There's two possibilities. There's a possibility of me going to be with Jesus which is the ultimate healing, that now I'm in heaven. Or there's a possibility that in my sickness, I'm able to inspire others. Yes, I worked through my anger with God. Yes, I worked through my difficulty with God. Yes, I worked through my frustration with God. And you will feel all of those things. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You, you, you should feel all of those things. It's part of that process when you're, when you're facing something, especially if it's become terminal. That's part of the journey. 
But in the meantime, maybe there is an opportunity for you in your battle to touch the life of someone in such an incredible way that they see God even in the midst of your battle. Or maybe on the other side of that pinging car is a different car. And maybe God's about to do something there. Or maybe when your spouse sits you down and says, I I want a divorce. Who knows? Maybe those could be the words that turn your marriage around and healing begins to happen. But in the process of turning your marriage around, there's going to be some arguments. There's going to be some setbacks. There's there's going to be some suffering. Or maybe you, you get the phone call that your favorite relative passes away. And then you head to wherever that state or city where that relative will be. And all of a sudden, it's the passing of that relative that brings family members together that have not talked in years. They have animosity between them. And maybe it's that funeral that causes us to realize that life is too short to hold on to anger. So I'm going to let it go so that healing can happen. And maybe it's that funeral that brings the family back together and healing happens as a result of it. That would not have happened if their favorite relative had not passed. Suffering, what we do is we see worst case scenarios, right? We see the, how am I going to be able to make it financially? Will I lose my home? We see the, how am I gonna deal with this? What is his health going to be? What is his pain going to be? We look at, will my life fall apart and the brokenness that happens in that relationship? And we think, man, it's, it's impossible that things will never turn around or change. And so we, we lose further hope. Or we, we're so focused on loss of that relative that we are caught up in how much we're going to miss them. And, and we will. I mean, there's no doubt about that. We will miss them. But we're so caught up in that that we miss the healing that can happen in their passing because now family comes together in ways that it never did before. So that's sometimes what happens with suffering is we look at it and we see worst case possibilities, worst case scenarios. And and so I was just thinking like, what what if we got to a point where we decided to stop trying to sell Jesus. I I think about, there's a passage, sorry, that I wanted to read. In John chapter 20, verse 19, it says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But I want to get back to the part before Jesus shows up in the room. It says the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. What were they doing? They were hiding. They were afraid. They were afraid if they could do this to Jesus, who is our leader, who is the Messiah, who is the Christ, if they can do this to Jesus, then they can do this to us. They were in a situation where they had lost hope. They had lost the possibilities of what could be. They had lost perspective. Matter of fact, they were in a position where they had forgotten. Jesus had told them exactly what was going to happen. And they really didn't, they heard him, but they didn't listen. I had a conversation and my wife, 
this has been happening a lot lately and it's something that I really need to work on is my wife will say something and then I'll say something back and she'll say, that's what I just said. Weren't you listening to me? And I realized I heard her, but I wasn't listening to her. And I think that's the same thing that the disciples were doing in that moment is they heard Jesus, but they weren't listening to Jesus. And that's the reason why they lost all hope. That's the reason why they were ready to give up. That's the reason why they, when at this point realized they had, Peter and John had run to the tomb and they had looked inside the tomb and they had seen the tomb empty and they didn't walk away going, man, Jesus has risen. He's back, y'all. You know, they walked away going, like not only did they kill our savior, someone has stolen his body. That's what their mindset was. That's what they were thinking. So, so again, they were still trapped and caught in worst case scenarios. But, but here's the question I wanted to ask. What if we stopped trying to sell Jesus and just let Jesus be who he is? What if we stopped trying to sell Jesus as the solution to the end of all suffering? Because again, what if you believe in Jesus and it brings more suffering into your life? What if we just told who Jesus is? Well, who is Jesus? In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says, This high priest, and the high priest is referring to Jesus, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus understands what it is to suffer. The amount of suffering that we may do in our lives will never compare to the intensity of the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross. So rather than saying, hey, Jesus is the solution to your suffering, what if we said Jesus has been through your suffering? That he has suffered like you have suffered. And he is walking through with you compassionately, arm in arm, to strengthen you as you go through your suffering. That's why verse 16 is so beautiful. Verse 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we need it most, we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Now, what does that help look like? I don't know. I don't know what that help may look like for you. I mean, I, I've given some examples, but in the midst of that time, maybe the help might be a new career, but getting to that new career, the cost of getting there, the difficulties of getting there, the hardship of getting there, the time that it takes to get there, we may see some consequence and, and, and I, I hate to use the word consequence because it seems like we've done something wrong. But, but we may see some deterioration. How about that? We may see some falling apart before it all comes together. So if we understand this, what if we recognize that Jesus will walk through our personal crucifixions with us and experience them with us? And then on the other side of death, 
and loss is resurrection. See, when we look at healing, I think a lot of times we look at scripture and we look at healing, but here's the thing that we miss is we miss the suffering to get there. In John chapter 9, verse 1, it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. How long did he suffer? Since birth. It doesn't say how old he is, but he's a man. Now, biblically, maybe he's 18 years old. That's still a long time to be born blind. Or 30, 40, 50, however long it was. He was blind that whole time before he was healed. In Genesis chapter 15, it says this, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you have given me no child, Eliazar of Damascus, a servant of my household, will inherit my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then God, then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Verse 6, Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. That's amazing. But here's the thing we don't think about. From the promise to the fulfillment is 25 years. 25 years. I mean, just, just take a moment to rest on that. From the time that the promise is given to the time that the promise is fulfilled is 25 years. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, it says, Just then a woman who had suffered, from, suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe. And that's about a woman who got healed by touching the robe of Jesus. But again, it says that she suffered for how long? 12 years. 12 years. What I want to do is, is I really want to challenge us to begin to think about suffering differently. I love a statement that says, this too will pass. But it doesn't say this too will pass quickly. <laughs> it doesn't say that. So from the time of your infection to the time of your healing, I don't know how long that will be. From the time of your loss to the time of the turnaround, I don't know how long that will be. But I do know this, that God is at work. So, so don't be so anxious to be done with your suffering that you miss his presence, his work, his comfort. Because in the midst of your suffering, God is at work. He is doing something. He is moving somehow. We just have to allow ourselves the room to be able to process it and be able to see it. It's important to recognize 
Crucifixion is what? It's death. And that's what suffering feels like when we go through it. And sometimes that death may be extended. But on the other side of that death, we have the resurrection. Of course, you know, the resurrection took three days. Praise God for that. Praise God that it only took three days. But again, as we look at some of these other examples, we see from birth, we see 25 years, we see 12 years. Sometimes the, from the onset to the delivery, during that process, the suffering that happens in between, I don't know how long it will last. But I do know that God is with you through it. And it's an opportunity for you to seek him that much more. So here's a challenge is I think we can look at suffering and we can see suffering as the end of something. Or we could look at suffering and see that maybe on the other side of suffering, there may be the launch of something. On the other side of Jesus's suffering and then death was his resurrection. Maybe your suffering can be the launch point. The launch point of God doing something incredible, not just in your life, but in the life of someone else. I was listening to a motivational speaker this week named Les Brown, and he said something really powerful. He said, if you only live for yourself, then whatever you do dies with you. But if you live for others, Whatever you have, when you die, you leave behind. So your legacy lives on. And maybe suffering may be the launching point of your legacy. Maybe on the other side of suffering, there's something that you step into that may change the perspective and the life of others and open the door for their healing in ways that, that you never imagined God using your, your healing. I know that there have been times where I have talked about my sexual abuse as a kid and what I had to go through in that suffering. But I can't begin to tell you how many times I've had people come up to me and say, thank you for your bravery because it has allowed me to come face to face with my own abuse. And now I can begin to pursue healing in my own life. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the difficulty and the possibility of what it is that you may be going through. But I, I want to end with this. John chapter 20, going back to that. I, I'll start with verse 20. As he spoke, remember in verse 19, they were hiding in this room and Jesus shows up and says, peace be with you. And then it says, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So as we look at this, we see 
that on the other side and, and, and realize the disciples suffered as well. I spent three years building this relationship with someone I thought was the savior of the world. And then he's taken from me. Now just think about this, this connection with Jesus gave them identity. It gave them purpose. It gave them passion. It gave them life. And now here they are and it's gone. Their hopes and dreams are gone. Then Jesus rises again and it changes everything. And did you know that the disciples went from hiding behind closed doors to standing in front of the Jewish leaders declaring who Jesus is? And, and that boldness that they had, that risk that they had, it didn't matter what the cost was. They were going to honor Jesus. And that's powerful. It's powerful. So again, I, I do, I, I do hope that this will allow us to be able to process suffering differently, to look at suffering differently. Where it's not something that I pursue. <laughs> I hope you're not pursuing suffering. But it's something that I welcome. Because I know that on the other side of that suffering, there is a resurrection. And that God's going to do something incredible. And that's why, again, I love what James said in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let your endurance grow. How do you let your endurance grow? By allowing your faith to continue to be tested. So let it grow. For when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This suffering can be something that God uses to mature us, to grow us. So that's my prayer. That's my prayer, is that we will make a commitment and look at suffering differently. And in looking at suffering differently, maybe we'll go through suffering differently. And as we go through suffering differently, maybe we will inspire someone else as they see our hope in the midst of suffering, as they see our commitment in the midst of suffering, as they see us being unwavering in the midst of suffering, now, that doesn't mean that we don't wrestle with doubt. It doesn't mean that we don't question. It just means that we continue to press forward and persevere. They see that in the midst of our suffering, and they say, man, that's, that there's something that's different about their life when it comes to suffering, and I want what it is that they have. So let's look at suffering differently. Father, I just want to take this time out to pray for anyone who is listening to this podcast who's going through suffering right now. And I pray that this podcast has found them in a place where they're able to go, man, let me process this. I know, I, I know that we want to be out of it. I know that we want to be done, but there, but there is so much we can gain in suffering. And also we know that, and we trust that on the other side of suffering, God, that there's something that you have planned. There's something that you desire. There's something you, that you can bring to the plate. 
And we just have to trust that. And I pray that they're able to do so. But in the midst of this, Father, I pray that you would make that person extraordinarily aware of your presence and that you're walking with them through whatever it is that they're walking through right now. And all these things I ask in your name. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for being on this journey with us. And I really hope that this has in some ways inspired you to be able to press forward and persevere through whatever it is that you're going through. Because when you walk through it with him, all things are possible. All things are possible. So I hope to see you come back and join us next week. And again, encounters about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, let's make a commitment to love others the way that God loves us. And love in. It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to practice self-care. It's okay to do those things. We just want to make sure that we love others the way that we're loving ourselves. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.